What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident Podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to the Next Level Confident Podcast. My name is Janelle Lene, and I want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode on how to build confidence in the workplace and why I started the Confidence Workshop to begin with. So let's dive right in. Um, The reason I started the Confidence Workshop is because for the longest time, I had fake confidence. I might have looked happy, outgoing, fearless, etc. But on the inside, I believe my life wasn't very valuable. I covered myself with sarcasm and um, kind of this attitude of, I don't give a crap because I wanted to come off cool like that. It was a way to build walls. And I was just covering all of my insecurities up with acting like I had it all together. Um, But on the inside, there was days where I was honestly plotting my death because I wanted people to miss me. I wanted to be loved. I wanted people to see that I was valuable. I thought maybe if I was gone, then they'd talk about how awesome I was. One in 10 women struggle with depression and that's only the ones getting professional help, which I was not because I never wanted to tell anyone about the dark thoughts I was struggling with. And what's crazy is that women are twice as likely to have depression as men, according to the World Health Organization. So here I was looking for validation and everyone else's opinion of me. So of course, I didn't want to share these quote unquote crazy thoughts out loud. It wasn't until years later that I finally shared these dark thoughts with mentors and they spoke truth into my life. They told me that my life was valuable, that there's a plan and a future in store for me and and that I I don't need to be anyone or do anything to earn love. I'm lovable and valuable just as I am. And it was after that conversation that I started to believe in myself. I really did have a huge shift. I think sharing that dark stuff out loud is one of the very, that's one of the most important things you could possibly do because it brings light. And you don't feel quite so crazy. You don't feel quite so alone when you share these things out loud. So, um, so yeah, I started to believe in myself and I started to retrain my brain to believe that my life is worth living and living to the fullest. I began working on my mindset and now I know that to be brain plasticity. Brain plasticity is the ability of the brain to modify its connections or rewire itself. You're Your beliefs shape your thoughts, your thoughts shape your actions, your actions shape your results. So if you're not getting the results you want in life, it comes down to your beliefs. So in my story, for example, people knew me to be driven and charismatic, and I would talk about doing big things. I would talk about moving to a big city or pursuing an important career. But because my belief deep down was telling me that my life wasn't worth living, I never took any action on the things I would talk about. I would say one thing, but do a different thing. I didn't understand why. And I spent almost 10 years 
of my life, believing that I was going to die or that my life wasn't worth living. And um, it was really deep in the back of my mind. So it wasn't something I thought about on a conscious level every single day. It was pretty deep in there. So I didn't even realize that it was holding me back. And the same goes for women who want to lose weight or women that want a promotion at their job or women who want to marry a man that's really good to her. She may talk about how much she wants those things, but subconsciously she might be self-sabotaging herself because she never actually heals the story about her deep-seated belief. So for an example, if she believes the limiting belief, well, my mom is overweight, my grandma's overweight, it's a genetic thing, so I'll always be overweight. Then those are the results that she will continue to see in her life, even though she might be doing all the right things in some way, shape, or form, right? She might be waking up early to try to go to the gym, she might be trying to eat healthy and, and all the different things, but unfortunately she just doesn't believe that it's possible and that will continue to shape her results. So, um, you know, in reality, genetics only make up 10% of what your physique looks like. 70% is nutrition and the other 20% is exercise. So it cannot be a genetic problem, um, but it might seem like it is. So back when I was a personal trainer, I worked with hundreds of clients that believed that lie and that was what held them back more than anything else. It was the belief deep down that they are always going to be this way. They don't have a choice. Their desire to change was there, but the belief was not. So for example, take a woman that believes deep down that she's not smart enough and she doesn't deserve the job that she currently has. I had clients like that too. Um, but out loud, she says that she wants more responsibility. She says how she wants a promotion. She wants to move into a leadership role. But none of that stuff's happening in her life, no matter how hard she's trying. Often this is where it's really easy to play the blame game on people, um, especially in male-dominated fields. It's easy to blame the men for this lack of upward mobility. But in reality, it's often because a woman is believing limiting beliefs about herself and that's what's truly hindering her. So the reason I began the confidence workshop for women in corporate America, primarily STEM industries, is because I had such an intense story of my mindset holding me back for so long that I wanna help other women uncover the limiting beliefs that they unknowingly have. Um, I wanna set them free so that each woman can live with true confidence, right? Not that fake confidence we talked about at the beginning that acts cool, acts like she has it all together, but on the inside doesn't really believe in herself. I want to help her create a deep-seated belief that she does indeed deserve a seat at that table. Even if that table is filled with men, she's worthy of being there. Her voice matters, her opinion matters, because she matters. And, and here's the thing, I know this is a challenge in the workplace, because according to the National Center for Education Statistics, women make up more than 56% of college students nationwide. Okay, so 56% of college students are women. So women are not lacking the knowledge, the education, the brains. We're there as women. We really are. 
And in 2018, women are nearly half of the labor force. So 46.9% of people in the workplace are women. So just about halfway, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So women are in the workplace, right? So women are in the workplace, women are getting their education. But here's the part that makes my blood boil. In S&P 500 companies, for example, the higher the ladder, the fewer the women. 26.5% of executives in senior level positions are held by women. 11% of women are top earners in these S&P 500 companies. And only 5% are CEOs. 5%. Like, why is that? Now, I do want to start by saying this is not a man versus woman thing. I believe so fully that men and women should both be thriving in their gifts in the workplace. We can both win. Both genders deserve awesomeness. So please don't hear this conversation as men versus women or, uh, you know, some sort of women empowerment thing that's trying to tear men down. I don't want that at all. I do believe we can all win. The other caveat that I will note is that, of course, it often takes time to move up into these top level positions. And I know that sometimes women come out of the workplace to focus on being a mother, starting a family, et cetera. And so that might skew the numbers a bit as well. Um, and, and so to the woman that has made the decision to focus on her family as her full-time job, I just want you to know, I respect you and please know that you're doing an amazing job. And also for the full-time working mom who is still in the workplace and still climbing that ladder, you are also respected and you're also doing an amazing job. One is not better than the other, but I do just wanna note that I'm sure that plays a little bit into that statistic. But anyway, to get back on track, I think the primary reason that women are not in these higher positions is due to a lack of confidence. And I know that sometimes women don't wanna admit that they're lacking confidence. This is a conversation that I have a lot, women who seem so confident on the outside. And I'll ask them to list five or 10 things that they love about themselves. And the average woman can't even list off five or 10 things that she loves about herself. I've had some clients who can't even think of one off the top of their head, one thing that they love about themselves. But they might look confident on the outside, right? I mean, especially hair's done, nails done, cute outfits or whatever, right? People can look so confident on the outside, but that does not mean they believe in themselves on the inside. And that does not mean that they aren't struggling with limiting beliefs that are holding them back. So um, I think we've all heard the stat that women apply for jobs that they're 100% qualified for, where as men often apply for jobs that they are only 60% qualified for. And um, of course, like anything, there are people who I've read, read, I've read so many different articles where people are fighting that and saying it's, it's not true. And I do think there's a lot of different reasons for that, but I will say, I think that women are taught from a young age to be very perfect and to be good. And I think, you know, as a young boy, like when little boys are getting into trouble or, you know, being a little bit naughty or whatever, it's like, oh, he's a boy. Whereas, you know, when a young girl does it, it's not acceptable. 
And so I think from a young age, women are taught to be perfection driven. And I think that's why women are so good at school. I think that's why more women are graduating from high school, college, master's degrees and doctorate degrees because women are taught to be very good in the classroom. Like here is a test, study for it, take it, and then you get a certain grade. So it's all very like, uh, what's the word? Like it's kind of in a box. Like it's all very A plus B plus C equals D, right? And, and the workplace, the workplace isn't like that. And I, and I think that men naturally take on risk a little bit easier. Um, and probably a lot of that, I don't know how much of that is nature. I don't know how much of that is nurture, but it's the truth. And I think also what happens for women is that there's just this beat up session that happens in their brain, right? They're just, they're embarrassed when they make a mistake. So like, this is the thing that happens. A woman takes a risk, right? And then she fails, quote unquote fails. I mean, you could spin that and say she learned a lesson, but she tells herself, I'm a failure. That's her limiting belief. See, I knew I was going to fail. And then because the beat up session is so harsh, of course she doesn't want to take another risk again. Why would she take another risk again? The beat up session is far too horrible, right? We're, we're training ourselves to not take a risk. So once again, this is where training the brain comes into play. It's learning to say, okay, I didn't complete that task or that project or whatever it was as well as I had anticipated. And I did this well, this well, and this well. It's finding three positives to outweigh every one negative. And it's learning to train the brain when you start to go down that rabbit hole of beating yourself up and thinking of all the things you should have done differently. Oh, if I only I had done this a little bit different and then this little different then things would have been right. Then I would have been perfect. Then I, then I would have, you know, gotten the promotion or I would have done a good job on that project or, or whatever, whatever it is. And I, I just, I think that men don't do that as much because I think that's why they're able to continue to take on new risk because when they do quote unquote fail, which I, I'm sure that men fail just as often as women fail. And I don't even like this word fail because I think all failure are just simply lessons to make you better. But um, I guarantee that that's happening on the same amount on both genders. It's just that women beat themselves up longer and harder about it. So they don't want to do it again. Whereas men have that, that confidence of like, well, next time. So during the confidence workshop, we talk about everything that I've just talked about. And of course, mindset is one of the most important parts. Um, we talk about the five pieces to building confidence. And, and so Yes, number one, mindset, everything we've talked about. The second part is having a posture and a vibe that attracts people and having a little bit of that fake it till you become it, right? Sometimes you got to hold your shoulders back and help, hold your head high and sit at that table, even if you don't feel like it, maybe you feel a little bit like an imposter or something, but just keep telling yourself, I deserve to be there. I deserve to be here. I deserve this. I belong here. I am enough. So you fake it until you become it. The third part is taking risky action. So ladies, be the first one to raise your hand. Even if you don't even know what you're going to say, trust that you're smart. Trust that if you get called on, you're going to figure it out. Be the first to volunteer for a new innovative assignment. Be the first to stand up. Be the first to speak your mind. Be the first. 
even though it's scary and you want to wait till someone else does it first to break the ice and then maybe you'll chime in. Take that risky action. Number four is knowledge, which I've already covered. Women are doing great in the knowledge category. Of course, I do believe in gaining knowledge and of course, taking the courses and the certifications and the schooling necessary to be able to do the best that you can possibly do. And so if you do need a certification or if you do need something specific in the education category, please, by all means, go get that. Just don't rely on that as your only thing that you need because like I said, the first ones matter a lot. And those are the ones women generally struggle with, mindset, posture and vibe, and taking the risky action. And then the fifth part to building confidence is look good, feel good. So of course I will talk about health. I will talk about the importance of exercising and eating clean, healthy food and drinking half your body weight in water per day and half your body weight in ounces, that is. Um, getting seven to eight hours of sleep. These are important building blocks to feeling good and looking good and, and, and being the best you can be. Um, so these are the five pieces to building confidence. And this is what we talk about in the confidence workshop. So thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know works in a STEM company, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and you believe this information and conversation is crucial to helping take women to the next level, please, please, please head to our website, nextlevelconfident.com. Let's see if the workshop is a good fit for your workplace and for the women who need this conversation to get started. Have a great day.